there are some people that perform at a very high rate. Even outside of athletics and performances, uh, there are some people that are great at being doctors, great at being lawyers, great at whatever they do, great chefs. Uh, they have reached their peak and they have moments that just transcend uh, what is normal. I'll give you some examples. Uh, my favorite basketball player, y'all know who he is. <laughs> favorite basketball player is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan won six championships. And one of the most outstanding memories that I have of Michael Jordan is the 1991 NBA Finals. All right. Some of y'all weren't even born yet. Michael Jordan is playing the Los Angeles Lakers in the 91 finals. They're playing in Chicago. And Mike does this move where he comes up in the air as if though he's getting ready to dunk. Sam Perkins, who plays for the Lakers, puts his hand up to block the dunk. And Mike switches the ball in the other hand, throws it up and hits the floor. One of the most amazing things we have ever seen. I ain't seen too many athletes even attempt to do that since because Mike was awesome. How many of y'all remember Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant in 2006 had a major feat where he scored 81 points in one game. Uh, now, some folks say, well, Wilt scored 100 and none of us was alive to see it. There's no camera footage. Uh, there's nothing other than a stat sheet and a couple folks that were there that said that they saw it. But not too many folks seen it. But with our own eyes, we witnessed Kobe Bryant score 81 points. How many of you remember Whitney Houston? In 1991, Whitney Houston during the Super Bowl against the, I believe it was the Giants and the Buffalo Bills. This is 91. Whitney Houston gets up and she sings the Star Spangled Banner. Y'all remember that? Sweating all down her nose. The curl was just wet. Had the headband on. She had that white uh, American flag uh, uh, swishy set on. And she's singing it. And she does something that folks have been trying to duplicate since. And they have not been able to do it at that very end. She did the Whitney note. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the land of the free. Y'all remember that? And nobody has ever been able to do that. That was a glorious moment. Michael Jackson. Uh Uh-oh, we got some Michael fans in here. 1983, Motown 25. Billy's doing, he's doing Billy Jean. He just went solo from the Jacksons and he just dropped Thriller. Y'all remember that? And he did, Billy Jean is not my lover. And then there's a certain part where he walks across the stage, goes, woo! Walks the other side, woo! Then he turns around and does something we ain't never seen before. He does the moonwalk. And messes up America because that was his glorious moment. But do you understand, do you see something, a trend here? Michael Jordan can no longer do that move. Michael Jackson is no longer here to moonwalk. Kobe Bryant, unfortunately, is no longer here. And even when he was here, we seen at the end of his career, he couldn't score 81 points again. Whitney Houston is no longer here to hit that note. Which tells us that there was a point in their life where they had glorious times and glorious years. But it proves to us no matter how glorious we are in our prime, there will be a day that that glory will depart. And all of us in here, have had or are getting ready to have some glorious years. Or you can tell folks how you looked 20 years ago. You can talk about how athletic you were 15 years ago. But somewhere along time, the time of life, that glory began to fade. 
And all we have is memories and stories of how good we used to look and how good we used to be. Oh, I I can't wait. My boys, when they start playing sports, I'm going to remind them of how good I was. Oh, you are good now. But boy, when I was 10 and you got to add a little stuff, I was 360 dunking. (laughs) They had to kick me off the team. I was so good. (laughs) You have to. You, you have these glorious years. Anybody have some glorious years you talk to your children about? See, so that's the difference is the difference between man and God is that man only has a certain portion of time where he has his glory moments. But God is glorious for eternity, which means that every single day, God does not cease to amaze us with something. There's a game winning shot with God every single day. There's a winning touchdown every single day with God because God is the epitome of glory. And while we have our moments, God is eternally and always blowing our minds with glory. So we come here to the book of Exodus, the 33rd chapter. I'm going to go somewhere today. Y'all, y'all bear with me. We go here to Exodus, the 33rd chapter, and the children of Israel are on their way to the promise. And God says, I'm tired of them. I done bought them over Red Seas. I done defeated Pharaoh's army. I done defeated their foes. I done been a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. I've, 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 I've allowed Moses to smite rocks and water has come out of them. I have over and over and over again, proven myself. And yet they have taken my glory for granted. It is possible to take God's glory for granted. I remember a couple years ago, 2016, I went to Kobe Bryant's last game in Philadelphia. Me and Rachel sat there. And at that last game, he wasn't the same Kobe I remember in 2001. He's forward about 38 at that point. His legs is tired and heavy. He ain't jumping. He ain't dunking. He struggled. And I remember at the end of the game, he waved at the crowd because that was the last time I was ever going to see Kobe play basketball again in person. And deep down and on the low, while I was sitting next to Ray, a little tear came out on the other side. She's sitting over here. Because I took advantage of the glory years while they were there. I spent more time hating on Kobe than enjoying the moment. And sometimes we do that with God because we take his glorious moments for granted. Mm. The children of Israel had got used to God making ways out of no way to where God's glorious moments had become the norm for them. And they begin to take God's glory for granted. And God says, you know what? I'm done. And because I'm a promise keeper, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send angels before you to wipe out all of the enemies, but I ain't going with you. So Moses comes here in the 12th chapter, 12th verse of the 33rd chapter. And Moses said to the Lord, look, you have told me to leave this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, you know me by my name. Sometimes you got to remind God of the promises that you guys have. Now, God's not forgetful, but every once in a while when you pray, that's what I'm learning. You got to learn how to petition in your prayer. You got to learn how to go back into the scriptures and, and, and give back God his word of what he has already promised concerning things. 
Y'all, 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 y'all know what I'm saying? Lord, you said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I understand the coronavirus is going crazy, but God, you said. That's it. That's right. So when Moses is going back to God in this 12th verse, he's saying, God, you said that you would be with me. You said that you know me by my name. God, I need some answers. 13th verse. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, watch this. Please teach me your ways. He understands that in order to walk with God and to see the glory of God, he has to be obedient to God. So he says, teach me your ways. Watch this. Isaiah 55 says, for my thoughts are not your, nor my ways are your. So what Moses is asking for is for God to show him God's unconventional ways. Y'all missed it. I need you to make me think like you and not like myself. I need this mind to be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because if I get caught up in myself, I'm not going to go nowhere. But God, in order for me to go to the next place in my life, I need to learn how to think like you. You know what the problem is? We don't want to think like God because that means we have to be under the complete control of God. And when you have to think like God, you have to move beyond sensibilities and what makes sense. And you have to move into a faith walk. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says for without faith, it is impossible to please him. What Moses is asking for is something much deeper than what what we're looking here in the text. What he is saying is, God, take my faith to the next level. If I'm going to share the ways of God, I'm going to have to look at things that look negative, but still believe that God is able to turn it around. I'm going to be able to look at the coronavirus and still be optimistic that God is still a healer. I'm going to have to be able to look at the financial crisis that's happening and still believe that God is able to make a way out of no way. Our prayer today is God, teach me your ways because my ways and my thoughts, they're crazy right now. My thoughts is I need to get to the supermarket after service. My thoughts is I don't want nobody sneezing on me because I don't want to catch nothing. But your ways show me that your blood protects me. Your blood takes care of me. And if you are with me, regardless of what goes on in the world, you will make a way out of no way. So God, teach me your ways. And I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. Watch this. I'm almost done. 14th verse. He replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. But then Moses comes in the 15th verse and he says, if your presence does not go, yes. don't make us go from here. Okay. Okay. I'd rather stay a desert baby yeah, go ahead and preach. than go to a palace without you. My, my, my. Yeah. I'd rather stay broke with your glory yes, sir. 
than to have a million dollars in the bank and not have your prep. Y'all quiet in here. I'd rather sit here and walk around another 40 years than to go into the land of milk and honey and not have the presence of God. What Moses is saying here is God give me you before anything else. Who am I talking to? Because you have to understand he'll bring you into the promise. But if he ain't there, when the enemy gets busy, you'll find yourself back out in the desert without him. So don't just give me stuff, God. Don't just put money in my pocket. Don't just give me the promotion. Y'all quiet in here. Too many times we chase things. But the thing we got to ask is, is God in it? Because if God ain't in it, it ain't nothing. God, if you don't come with us, y'all got to hear this. Leave me in the desert with you. How many of us can say that's our prayer? God, you can heal this country. But if you don't stay in this country, that's just a temporary fix. I need you to be with me regardless of what is going on. (laughs) I'm sick, but if I got you, I know there's a possibility that I'll get well. I'm broke, but if I got you, I know there's a possibility that I'll get rich. I'm down, but I know that if I got you, there's a possibility that I will get up. If you notice the climate right now, there are rich people scared. There are wealthy people scared. But God wants to know who trusts me during this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. If your presence doesn't go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? When you walk with God, there's a certain assurance. When God is on your side, there's a certain assurance. And the only way that God, the world is going to know us from from the rest of the world is our assurance and knowing that he's with us regardless of what's going on right now. Oh, you need to cover your face. He's with me. Oh, this is going on. He's with me. How in the world are you so cool doing all this going on? Because I understand that he's with me. And when Moses is saying, is God, we need something to demonstrate to the rest of the world that you are on our side. We need right now to show the world that God is with us. So he's saying, God, we need you not only to be with us, but we need you to distinguish us from the rest of the world so that the rest of the world knows who belongs to him. He says, and I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people on the face of the earth. 17th verse, the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing for you that you ask, for you have found favor with me. And I know you by your name. Now Moses gets cocky in the 18th verse. He says, Lord, show me your glory. I'm going to close here. Lord, show me your glory. Y'all ready? Watch this. 18th verse, y'all see that? He says, please let me see your glory. But watch God, 19th verse. He says, I will cause all my, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Moses asked for glory, but God promised. Moses asked for glory, 
but God promised goodness. Hmm. <laughs> Y'all like, where are you going with this? The glory of God is holy. The glory of God is holy. And anything that goes against his holiness faces its faces his wrath. So for Moses asking God to see his glory, he's asking for death. Because he's not holy enough to stand in the face of God. And God, knowing this, saying, I can't show you all my glory. So what I'll do is I'll shift to just show you a portion of me, which is called my goodness. Y'all missed. (laughs) If I showed you all of me, I would consume you. So what I'll do is I'll just reveal a portion of me. I'll just show you the hinder part of me, which is my goodness, because you can't handle all my glory. Can I go somewhere? Part of God's glory is his wrath. So if you're asking to see God's glory, you're also asking to see his wrath. (laughs) Uh Oh. So Moses don't know what he's asking for. Because if God would have said, "Okay, here. Moses would have been worse than Isaiah because Isaiah seen just a glimpse and he says, woe unto me. For I am a man of unclean lips. But Moses standing right in front of God would have immediately been standing inside of a nuclear reactor uh, facility that would have blew up. He would have disintegrated. But because God knew that Moses couldn't handle it, he says, you know what, Moses? I'm going to show you a portion of my glory, which is called my goodness. But can I go a step further? My goodness is so good that you can't even handle all my goodness. Y'all quiet here. Some of y'all can't handle all of God's goodness. What do you mean I can't handle all of God's goodness? Because sometimes God is good to people you can't stand. Sometimes God will deliver folks you don't want delivered. Sometimes God will be good to the unjust when they should be criminalized for whatever they did. So sometimes he says, you can't even handle all my goodness. So because you can't handle all my goodness, I even got to cover you from all my goodness. Woo. Y'all with me? So he says here, he says, show me your glory. God says, I will cause my goodness to pass where in front of you. I will proclaim the name, the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face. For humans cannot see me and live. My face is too holy. If I shined on you, I'd consume you. So I can't allow you to see my face. I allow you to see my goodness. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? In the 21st verse, the Lord said, oh, help me, Jesus. Here is a place Near me. Here is a place near me. Here is a place where? Near me. He says, and then I want you to stand on that rock that is near me. I'm I'm closing right here. I'm closing right here. I'm about to drop it. About to drop it on you. Y'all ready? I'm going to drop the mic. 
Here is a place near me. I want you to stand on that place near me, which is a rock. What is the rock? It's the rock of our salvation. What is the rock? It is the rock of ages. What is the rock upon this chief cornerstone, which the mat, which the reject, the master builders rejected. That is the rock. What is the rock upon this rock? I will build my church. What is the rock? The rock sits on the right hand side of the father, which is near him. So he says, there is something near me. I need you to stand on and I need you to stand on that thing because that thing is Jesus. My God, my God, preach. Stand on Jesus and you'll see my glory. That ain't good enough because you're still exposed. (laughs) Are with me? That ain't good enough because you're still exposed. So although you're standing on it, you're exposed. The standing on it symbolizes that you believe. But I need you to go beyond believing and living. He says, you are to stand on the rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you where? In the crevice of the rock. I told y'all we're going to have some church today. How does it become a crevice? I have to smite the rock so that the rock can be broken so that you can live in the rock. Don't you know that when you baptize, you're baptized in Christ. So when Moses did was he went in Jesus to experience the glory of God. says stand beside me but then I'm going to smite this rock I'm going to crucify this rock I'm going to pierce this rock I'm going to allow water to come out this rock I'm going to beat this (laughs) and all of this is part of my doing because in due time after I open it I'm going to put you in it we're baptized we're baptized in Christ. So now Moses stands. He confesses and he believes. But then he goes in. Because he's now in Christ. And now God says, now that you're in Christ, I can walk past you. Watch this. God puts him in the crevice of the rock but he puts his hand over his face because you can't handle my glory as I pass by. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my hand over your face so that as I walk by you, the things that will have to be destroyed, the strongholds and all these things that you can't handle, I'm covering your eyes from. And then when I release my hand from it, you will see the after effects of my glory. You will see then what I have already done. Y'all quiet. So he says, when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock. I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back. But my face will not be seen. God's wrath was designed to kill us. We were sinners. We were demanded to die because of our trespasses. 
But God had a plan for us. And what did he do? He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us so that we could be in him. So that when that spirit of wrath came, it would kill anybody that was not in the crevice of the rock. I can preach here. That's why I'm so glad that I'm covered in the crevice of the rock. How when wrath tries to come up against me, it can't hurt me because I'm covered in the rock. When sicknesses and pestilence try to come up against us, it can't destroy us because we're covered in the rock. And God's glory is protecting us from things that should be wiping us out. Can I close here? I know some of y'all heard this story before. There was two brothers. There was the big brother and there was the little brother. The big brother and the little brother were walking one day and this beast started buzzing all around. It just buzzed. And, and the little brother got scared. He was scared to death of bees because he did not want to be stung. So he ran around his big brother and he started hiding under his shirt and started holding on to him with his dear life. And the, bu- the bee is just buzzing all around. And the big little brother's just screaming. He says, big brother, I need you to help me. And the big brother says, you can stop holding me now. You can let go of me now. He says, why? He says, because I've already taken the sting of the bee. And all the bee is, is making noise. The big brother protected the little brother by taking the sting of the bee. See, our big brother was Jesus. And when the sting of death began to come around us, our big brother stood there, covered us behind him. And the bee kept coming around. But the bee took the sting on the big brother while the little brother was holding on. We're that little brother. Jesus protected us from the sting of death. Y'all quiet here. And that's why we look at it and say, where is your sting? And where is your victory? Because Christ is our big brother who protected us when we should have been taken out. I'm so glad. All right, I'm done. I'm so glad that he protects us and that he has taken on a wrath that we could have never consumed. This virus is serious. I'm using wisdom. I'm not going to sit here and just be, God put it here for a reason. So we're not going to sit here and act like we got magic powers. Because God allows certain things. I know y'all don't want to hear it. God allows certain things. And I know some folks is being crazy and trying to stuff folks in rooms and all that. Sometimes God allows things. Therefore, use wisdom with what God allows. But at the same time, we have an assurance and a hope that goes beyond the coronavirus. That if corona decided to get busy tonight and take one of us out, there is an assurance of hope that we will be with God in glory for eternity. Y'all quiet. We got to lose focus on the minor things in this temporary shell case of this place called earth and understand that whenever God decides to call you home, it should be a glorious day. It should be a day that we should rejoice, give God praise and give God glory because we will rest in him for eternity and the wrath of sin and the wrath of sickness and the wrath of death will no longer be able to antagonize us because we will live in life in him which is our savior Christ Jesus I'm done y'all I'm done show me your glory God show me your goodness because I can't handle your wrath I'm so glad I'll preach this again one day that God shifted to only reveal me his goodness. How when he could have shown me his wrath, he shifted and showed me his goodness. Because there are some folks that seen the other side of God.
but because he chose you, predestined you and purposed you. He turned and only allowed you to reveal, reveal to you his goodness because he has purpose for your life. And while we're here, we need to praise him. Amen. While we're here, we need to glorify him. Amen. While we're here, we need to honor him yes. because every day he shines his goodness on us when he could shine his wrath on us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity for us to come here on today. Thank you, Lord, for those that have tuned in online and uh, those that are participating even from the comfort of their home, God. We ask you, God, that you cover, protect us and lead us and guide us and just give us instruction and direction for what's going on. God, we know that you're a promise keeper, a way maker. We know, God, that just I, at your word, this virus can be consumed. So, God, we ask God for your perfect will to be done in this situation. God, we ask that you protect everyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're here or not here. Cover them in your precious blood, God. Cover them, God, in the cleft of your rock. And, Lord, we know, God, that if you are with us, all things will work together for our good. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.